0: Welcome to A Women's Clarity, a new program by C2P. A Women's Clarity aims to help both women and men in the financial services industry reach their full potential by interacting with like-minded, strong, and motivated holistic advisors. We've partnered within our network of institutional and carrier partners to bring expertise, advice, tips, and more from talented female leaders, professionals, and practitioners from the finance sector. I am drinking from a very, very special mug this morning. It is my Snoopy Brown. I don't know if you can see it. It kind of gets lost in the virtual background, but it's special because I had the opportunity to grow up with a sister with a diagnosis with Down syndrome. So my life planning for special needs is so important to me. And I'm extremely happy to have Betsy Larson with us, her company is Special Needs Advanced Planning. And this is something that she does day in and day out. So we here at C2P are extremely grateful that she and her dad have joined our organization. So Betsy, welcome to your first coffee break as a barista. Thank you.
1: Thank you, (laughs) happy to be here.
0: (laughs) I think my coffee's starting to kick in. But before we get into the special needs planning, can you share your why? Would you please share your why and why this is important to you? into your father and family.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like, like Kirsten, I also I'm growing up or I guess I'm grown up now. (laughs) I grew up with uh, sisters with Down syndrome. So I have four sisters with Down syndrome. They're all adopted. They range from the age of 15 to I believe 28. My dad could, he could tell me if I'm wrong on that one, but I, uh, there's, uh, Sammy, She's the 28-year-old. Janie, who is my kindred spirit. She's my best friend. Uh, Agnes and Rosie, and they are the lights of my life. They've they've led me into everything that I've done, from my high school senior project on Down Syndrome to volunteering with the Special Olympics all through college, and then into my career as a uh, financial advisor for families with children or siblings with special needs. So...
0: That's amazing. Growing up with a sister's special needs, my sister Jenny was my heart. She was my light. She is the reason I am who I am. Mm-hmm. I dance like no one's watching because she taught me how to dance, but I love with unconditional love because she was my beacon of light. But when my parents had my sister, they were told, Let's put her in an institution. She would have no future. Don't even, don't even think about it what her future is going to be. But my parents said, no, this is my daughter. She's coming home with us. My mom, who is kindly courage, courageous, started a school for my sister because they wouldn't allow her into the school system because of her diagnosis. But a lot of things they learned along the way was because of trial and error. They didn't have someone in their life like you, Betsy, to help them navigate these uncharted waters. So it's extremely exciting to me and important to me that we share this. So. Betsy, when you are talking with a client and they bring this up, I know you have a process. Do you want to share your process with us on the planning?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it always starts with that initial conversation. Uh, You know, I was just at the bucket plan 2.0 and a lot of the conversation was on that first connection, making that connection. And so what I, what I, Always know that I need to bring to the table is a lot of empathy. I have no idea what my client is going to come with, come to me with. I usually know that they have a client with, or a child with special needs before I speak to them. But I've had some people come to me and they're they're really excited about what you know what their child's life is bringing to their world. And then I've had some people come to me and they're really angry with the way that their life has turned out. And so I feel like as long as you come to that first conversation i mean all of your conversations have to come with a lot of empathy but just being prepared to allow them to get everything off their chest talk about their their wishes talk about their fears that they have for the future and then reassure them that you know you're there with with a team of people to help get them through get them through this so that they can feel confident in their life and just be able to enjoy their child and their you know either you know whether they're in their earning years or in their retirement years just enjoy their life. So that's my well, I guess that's my that's the initial part of the process.
0: <laughs> right. I think leading with empathy no matter who your client is, especially if they're going through something that is challenging challenging to them personally, always sets the tone. I think when you and I first talked about your process and your your company, you said there's three steps. Am I right in remembering there's three things that you believe advisors should talk about when approaching planning for special needs? Well, so there's, uh, I don't
1: know if it is necessarily three, but there are some key points that I that I definitely bring up. I We obviously talk about the, you know, making sure that they are able to retire and live the life that they want to live while also being able to provide for somebody once they're gone or, you know, before that, as well, uh, we talk about the memorandum of, memorandum of intent, which is a key key document that we always put into. And now it would slip really nicely into that family estate organizer. It's a key document for transition planning, and then we also talk about just the the I guess filling all of the gaps, whether that is with the resources that they have accrued throughout their life or bringing in some means tested be- benefits if that makes sense uh, for their plan.
0: So when you're working with clients that have these special needs, there are different pieces that need to be put in place. Like my parents found out the hard way, like they things happen and then they were told you can't, you don't have the power to make this decision for your daughter because you're not her legal guardian. Do you mm-hmm. wanna walk through some of those documents that need to be in place for the the, the planning? Because it is important because if you're not aware, it can almost devastate you because you're already dealing with a challenging situation. My sister was in the hospital and my parents couldn't do anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the very first topics that I bring up with my uh, clients is getting that estate plan really locked down. Because yeah, once once your child turns 18, whether they have a disability or not, legally, you're not supposed to ha- be able to talk about their medical, their uh you know, solve a HIPAA violations. So what we do is we give all of our clients something called an ICE key and it's a little USB port that we can you can attach to their keychain and it is it, we put on the power of attorney that we get drawn up for the for the child and the parents or if guardianship makes sense we put the guardianship paperwork on there it all depends on the on the situation because guardianship isn't always the way to go for families guardianship can take away a lot of rights of people sometimes it's necessary but there are other avenues that we can go we can you know go down But yeah, that's one of the big key things is to make sure that you have the power to have these conversations, whether it's with medical professionals, uh, teachers, uh, yeah, all the resources in in their life.
0: Right. Because when my my sister was in the hospital, my parents weren't able to make decisions. So we Mm -hmm. had to, it was stressful. I mean, it was good. My sister got out of the hospital and we had a lot more time with her, but it was very stressful for them. To do so and then they were retiring so we had, they had to think about what they needed to do to help protect her what kind of what kind of accounts what kind of financial planning do you can you do for those with special needs like my sister was on social security so we were very limited on what we could give her allow her to have so mm-hmm. do you want to expound on that i know it depends on each state iowa yeah. was a very it's, it's a different state yeah. so can you share with that as well
1: Yeah. So, I mean, all different, you know, there's different types of accounts that you can use, but one of the key ones, because a lot of my planning, I, I really lean hard into independence for the individual with special needs, you know, as much as we possibly can give them. I'm not saying that they need to go live on, live on their own, make, you know, get their own job. And that's how independent they have to be. But as, as much independence as we can give them, that's what I'm going for. So there's the Able account, which I love. <laughs> I think the Able account is really wonderful. I think that it was, I can't remember the year it was created, but what the Able account allowed a person with special needs to do is to save money because that's been a huge, I, I would say it's it's a it's been a uh scar on people who are trying to plan with uh plan for children with special special needs that and if they are going to end up needing healthcare through the government or SSI, like your sister had, they could only have $2,000 worth of resources at any, you know, in any, in any month, and very, very, very limited income. So it really has prevented families from being able to save for their children or even those kids from being able to, or adults, <laughs> being able to work and save up. So what the ABLE account has done is it's, it's an avenue where you can save money inside of it and it grows tax-free and it, the distributions come out tax-free as long as it's for a qualified disability expense. But we put money in there because it can, it can pay for a, a whole gamut of things. Because most most expenses for a person with disabilities is going to end up qualifying as a disability expense, a qualified disability expense. Um, not all, but a lot. Uh, and so we we build that up as much as we can because that allows, that gives anybody that has a disability, as long as you qualify for the ABLE account, the ability to be able to spend money and not get, get dinged uh, with the SSI, or with your SSI being taken away. Sorry, did, did I I feel like I went on a tangent and then I lost your question in there. <laughs> hey Betsy, can
2: I ask a couple of questions on the Able account?
1: Yeah.
2: And thanks for doing this and jumping on obviously that you're a rock star at this stuff. With the Able account, do they have any spending limits per year like or is it kind of if 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 I have $50,000 in my Able account, I could take 50 grand out in a given year and not make, mess up my you know, SSI eligibility.
1: Yeah. I mean, as long as they're for charitable or not charitable, qualified disability expenses, then you can spend whatever money you want in it. Now, the only, the only thing is that there's, there's contribution limits. So in 2023, you can only contribute $17,000 into that account. So it takes a little while to build up the account. It just goes off the, the, oh my gosh, I can't, I'm blanking on the name of it, the gifting. Um, yep.
2: The exemption, the annual exemption amount. I couldn't think of
1: the name of that.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Theoretically, client can put, let's say, you know, like I could gift 17 grand into my cousin's special uh, ABLE account, do that for five years. And then, you know, assuming she's got enough qualifying expenses, I could take a pretty decent amount out and not have to worry about screwing up SSI.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, gotcha. because the SSI does not look at this money at all. Once it gets, once the account gets over $100,000, then SSI starts to take a look at it. But anything under the $100,000, which again takes a long time to build up because it's, you know, only $17,000 a year right now. And that just went up, but it used to be fifteen. dollars uh, Yeah, you can spend as long as it's a qualified disability expense, you can spend it.
2: And is there, I'd imagine, qualified disability expenses are listed on the IRS website, just like qualified educational expenses are for a 529 or something like that.
1: Right? Yeah, it's a little bit more vague because different expenses are are going to be a qualified disability expense for some people where it wouldn't be for others. So yes, but is it just be aware that it's going to be vague? And okay. what they do recommend for the Able account is that you do keep your keep track of your spending i don't know of anybody that's ever been audited on it but just in case you want to be able to say like this is a qualified disability expense because and then just keep track of that and i think i just saw um uh, somebody in the chat ask a question about whether or not it was if you can have more or multiple able accounts no a person can only have
0: one but you can have more than one person contributing to that
1: yes yes yeah so parents can contribute, the person the person that owns it themselves can contribute, friends can contribute, but they can only have one.
2: That was a I great just have
0: question, two, Peter.
2: I have two more. Okay. Are able accounts like are they like administered by the state just like a 529 is where I go to a certain website and open it up or is it at like any custodian?
1: So most of them are done by states and not every state has one. Actually, a really great resource is the ablenrc.org that has tons of information on able accounts and and different state comparisons but then i know that american funds has one i think it's called the uh, able i think it's called able now and then there and that's but that's also that's done by the virginia able account but that one is a little bit more that's you know the only one that's through a fund company
2: gotcha And then my last question, I promise, if (laughs) if you have a client who's like a little bit more well off that has a special needs child, you know, take my case that you know about my cousin has Down syndrome, my aunt and uncle, like, is there really a reason or a benefit to fund an ABLE account versus where they're just kind of supporting her financially and upon their passing, some of their assets will go into a special needs trust? Or is there actually a benefit of doing the ABLE account because it can be invested and grow tax free versus obviously any of the money that they hold personally is going to be taxable, you know, to realize capital gains or things of that nature?
1: Yeah, I, I am always saying open up an ABLE account if you can, because even if it's just for spending money, most ABLE accounts come with a debit card. And you can, so, you know, your cousin could have her debit card and then go to the movies with a friend if she wants to, or go purchase some, you know, whether she wants to go grocery shopping or, or, you know, buy some shampoo for herself, just like little things that, that make you just feel more independent. And what a lot of people do is they will funnel money into an ABLE account from their special needs trust, because the trust really safeguards the money. With an ABLE account, you have to be really careful that, because if you have a, if you have uh, the person who has the ABLE account, whether it's a ch- child, sibling, friend, if they're a spendthrift or if they could easily be taken advantage of, you know, if somebody can come up to them and say, hey, you need to buy me a PlayStation, they could use their ABLE account to buy that PlayStation for somebody. So you need to be careful with how much expendable income you're giving them, if that's the case. So some people, what they'll do is they'll take the special needs trust and they'll funnel you know, $500 a month into the ABLE account just so that they have some spending money, but it's not going to deplete their assets if something like that happens. If so they're
2: really like, using it as like a kind of a glorified checking account.
1: That is, know, yeah. That now, yeah, yeah. But there are some, you know, if you want to spend, just build up money and have it invested and have it come out, come out tax-free and grow tax-free. I believe that there are ways to put spending limits on there. But I would need to go verify that. I'm not entirely sure.
2: Gotcha. And that's probably different
1: for every single able account.
2: And I did lie because that spurred another question. Like, what happens to the money in the able account once the beneficiary passes?
1: Very good point. So Medicaid, or yeah, Medicaid gets first dibs at that. So after a person passes away, if they have an able account, Medicaid gets to say, "Oh, you know, you have to pay us back so much money because we we had all these or we." you know, had all these resources for you. So they get first dibs at that money. So that's another good point of not having it build up too much. And mostly using that. If you have a third party special needs trust, that's key because that Medicaid doesn't get their hands on that. So yeah,
2: Medicaid gets first dibs. Gotcha. So it's important not to overfund an able account.
0: Yes. Great questions, Dave Allison. Thank you so much for coming on. (laughs) And it's like, It's, it's, it's amazing how many people's lives are touched by someone with special needs. I think all of us, if we had a chance to talk about it, we've probably had our lives touched by someone in six degrees of separation, but those are great questions. And Betsy, at the beginning, you mentioned that you have a team that you work with. Do you want to share about your team that helps you help your clients with this planning? Built on the foundation of the award-winning bucket plan process, Clarity to Prosperity's proven processes, training, and coaching can help you increase your revenue. If you are a growth-minded, independent financial advisor, you qualify for a free copy of the bucket plan book. Go to claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer to get your free book today. That's claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: I don't I do not pretend like I know it all. <laughs> um, I'm not an estate attorney. I am not a i um, I'm not a transition specialist. So these are people that I have found or, you know, if I'm working with people in different states, I have to sometimes do some interviews for different attorneys because they have to be in that state. But it's really key that when you're using uh, an estate attorney to get that estate plan done, that you're working with somebody who's really well versed in special needs planning that understand the ins and outs of it. Because you don't want, you know, if if especially its trust is not drafted properly and then it messes up everything, and then they lose the benefits that they might need that are means tested, that blows up the plan. So that's one one part of my team. I've got, you know, working with CPAs who understand how to do trust <laughs> tax returns uh things like that. I work with a transition specialist and what she does really well is she we identify goals that we want to be able to achieve for the individual with da- with special needs and she gives like step by step instructions on what we need to do to be able to achieve these goals. If one of the goals is to live on your own, she's going to be able to give a plan of how we get to like what types of things we need to check off the list before we can be living at home by ourselves. So she's a really key part of the team as well. Her name is uh, Kenzie Clark. If you guys ever wanna go research her, she's wonderful. But uh, yeah, so those are three three key people on my team. You know, on top of that, my dad and I work really well together. I ask, he's been in the business a lot longer than I have been. I might be a little bit more well-versed on the special needs aspect of it, but he's got, you know, I don't know how many years, Dad. Forty years of experience. <laughs> I've got four, so
0: <laughs> that's always same. It's okay to unmic. She's giving you permission.
2: <laughs> yeah, forty-three years for me, but I was twelve when I started. So
0: yeah, <laughs> it's it's one special to see the bond between you and your dad working together, especially where the story comes from and your why, Betsy. You and I were talking about a really challenging case that you had because there's a lot of love that comes through this. You get to help people help their children and it's challenging yet rewarding, but we were talking about a family where the, the child was it the child got into a car accident Yeah, and you were having a challenge helping the family. Cause you had love for the child and love for the fam, the parents, but it was a really challenging. Do you want to maybe share a little bit about that situation and how you navigated that with the special needs planning? Cause they, the child wasn't, diagnosed with autism or down syndrome they were in a car accident and their life changed
1: yeah well that was uh that was that was a really difficult one that was where one where they came to me and they were they they were already just angry (laughs) like their life is their their son when he was i think when he was in his either late 20s or 30s early 30s uh got into a bad motorcycle accident and got some he ended up getting like what do you call it I don't think it was quite schizophrenic. It was one of those, it was one of those brain injuries where there's not necessarily a like a real diagnosis for it. It's just that now he's got PTSD, he's got uh bipolar, he's a little bit schizophrenic and he, it was really difficult because he continued, he would be continuously sue his parents for money and it was costing a ton of money for them and like legal fees And just trying to protect their own, really their concern at that point was like protecting their own assets because they were so afraid that he was going to get them all. And that was a really difficult one because the ABLE account wouldn't have worked for him because he's over 26. Because that was another part of the ABLE account is in order to qualify, you have to have your disability start before the age of 26. And uh, that, that was just a really, that was one where I had to bring a lot of empathy to the table and just let them... Be, and I not, not take it personally, because they weren't mad at me. I didn't, you know, I didn't do it. But they came to me just very angry. And we just had to sit and talk and talk about the types of goals that they had and how to protect their assets. And a lot of it was just going to, you know, a lot of it was going to the estate attorney and making sure that everything was protected on their
0: end. But, yeah, that was a difficult one. Well, it's it's not always easy and it's not always a simple yeah. fix when working with a special needs situation, special needs planning. You mentioned the ABLE account was limited. Are there other types of investment accounts or vehicles that can be used if they do not qualify for an ABLE and a family wants to set something aside for their child or family member?
1: So yeah, if they don't qualify for an ABLE, I mean, I, I would recommend setting up a special needs trust almost always, even you know, alongside with the ABLE, even if they don't qualify for the ABLE. But if they're going to be needing to have the access to the SSI and the Medicaid and things like that, we just need to be able to find strategic ways of making sure that they don't have more than $2,000 in assets every single month. So it's not, you know, it's not real, it's not real cut, you know, it's it's not one size fits all. Every single every single family has a uh, strategic planning <laughs> situation.
0: But I don't know did that answer your question? It does. Is there any other questions from our audience? This is not just a straight line type of planning. There's a lot of different facets and a lot of different things to consider when doing this. And it's what I love, Betsy, is that it's not just, about empathy. empathy. It's about using emotional intelligence to understand that when they are angry or somebody is angry, it's not you, it's their situation. So that's an extremely important point because a lot of times we go through life taking things personally when it's not about us, it's about their situation. A great question here in the chat. Have you seen anyone leverage a GoFundMe page with an ABLE account? Betsy. I have not,
1: I have not seen that. So I don't really know exactly. I would have to look into it a little bit more to see what the, like, cause anybody can contribute to the ABLE account. I don't know if you'd want to go through GoFundMe. I don't really, I'm going to be honest. I don't really know a whole lot about GoFundMe. I don't know if they take money off the top or if, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I've never seen that one, but anybody can contribute to it. So that would be more like, like I have a friend who, you know, for her daughter's birthday every year, Instead of like in lieu of gifts, they say like donate to the 529 plan. I feel like you might be able to do something like that for uh ABLE account.
0: GoFundMe does have a fee that they do charge. So that if that is something that somebody wants to leverage as a tool to fund an ABLE account, one, I would just double check what the fees are, double check mm-hmm. with your attorney and laws for your state so you don't exceed the gifting or the amount that needs to be in the ABLE account. I Would yeah. you agree with that, Betsy? Yeah, absolutely. And then- yeah. Can you share with the group again keyport you mentioned a keyport they want you to share what a keyport Oh yeah. Yeah so it's called the ice key. I've
1: got one on my on my keys somewhere but it's just a little USB port that you attach to your keys. It's got the word ICE on it for in case of emergency and that's where you put your HIPAA documents, your power of your uh like healthcare power of attorneys, uh if you have guardianship papers, you put the guardianship papers on there. That way If anything happens to you or your child, you have the documents on you at all times to be able to say, no, no, I get to, I I can get access. I'm, I'm the guardian or I have the power of attorney here. You know, you're allowed to talk to me and, and, you know, they can just slip this right into their computer and have all the documents pull right up. It's a really, it's a really beautiful.
0: You give that to your clients. Is that something you share with your clients? Okay. Yeah, and is yeah, there a place that all of our recommend clients. that they go to, to be able to buy those for their clients?
1: Yeah. They- so it's Mark Zinder, Mark Zinder, they're on Mark Zinder's website, It's Z-I-N-D-E-R. And so they're all in there, it's just called the Ice Key. And it is, it's a key part of our, <laughs> no pun intended, it's a key part of our planning. But but I, can I just mention one last thing really fast, because I know mm-hmm. that we only have like two minutes left. I think it's really important to just mention that it's really key, key again, that you have family meetings when you're doing special needs planning. Because a lot of times a parent, parents might do a ton of work to get a plan put in place for their child. And then if an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent ends up leaving assets to the child in their name, it could blow up the entire plan. So I always like to have a family meeting to make sure that Everybody's on the same page. You know, if you're going to be giving money, this is exactly how you give the money. Um, Because, you know, you don't want to have any surprises come up, you know, uh, down the road. So just keep that in mind as well. That's something that I think is really important.
0: That is is a really good point. The chat is blowing up about the ice keys, how relevant and important they are to not only special needs planning, but to other aspects of planning and taking care of ourselves and our family. Yep. Betsy, as we're wrapping up, do you want to share your website? Because I know that you are a plethora of knowledge when it comes to special needs tra- uh, planning. I can't talk yeah. <laughs> So my website, is Eliz- it's just elizabethjlarson.com. Larson.com. I know you've offered to help some of our other advisors with their planning. She is a wonderful resource. And one last thing as we are wrapping up. October is international Down Syndrome Awareness Month. If you've not had the pleasure of meeting someone with Down Syndrome, get involved with your community. They will bring joy, light, and the upside to life to your own personal development. Betsy and Tim, we are going to celebrate you here at C2P for being a part of our family and sharing your sisters with us and your many talents. So thank you for being here. We appreciate you so much. And whatever you do this week, be good at it. At the time of delivery and any subsequent publishing, information was deemed reliable but is subject to change by the time of viewing or listening. The contents of this piece include the opinions and projections of C2P, are subject to change, and are for informational purposes only. The information provided in this presentation is not intended to be individual investment, tax, or legal advice.